excited for season two of Shit Talks. We're doing things a little bit differently this time. So we're on set with really amazing people. You know, in the past we've done it one-on-one -on, -one on Instagram Live and this time uh, we're on set and we have some amazing people here with us and we're about to, you know, get into it and, and have some real powerful dialogue about what's going on in Chicago and, and the way in which gentrification has really been affecting um, all of our communities. So just want to give everyone an opportunity to introduce themselves. Um, like I said, my name is Gabi, I use she, her pronouns, and um, I would say if everyone could say where they're originally from in the city, uh, I struggle with that question myself, because, <laughs> and this is why this topic is so important, right, because I've had to move a lot, and so like when people are like, oh, where are you from, I'm like, yikes, so I was like, you got the time, because I got like 10 neighborhoods, <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so northwest side, like I said, I've moved a lot, um, so yeah, so if everyone wants to like say your name, pronouns, and what neighborhood are you originally from? Um, so I'm Kaikira, I use she, her pronouns. Um, I live in Uptown, but I'm actually from South Carolina. Um, so uh, I'm more familiar with like what's going on down south. Um, and I am creative editor, editor here at Street Level, and in general I'm just a writer and a creative. Um, so yeah. I'm Kiara, I use she, her pronouns. Um, originally I'm from Jeffrey Manor, um, and I am a multidisciplinary artist um, from Chicago, and yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, I'm Kaya Keeley. Um, I am a artist, a, a part of uh, Black Tide Entertainment Chicago. Um, I use he, him pronouns, and um, I'm from the Jackson Park, uh, High Park uh, neighborhoods of Chicago. Thank you, thank you. And I guess just to get us started, I would say, um, you know, how do you remember your neighborhood? You know, as far as like growing up, like what, what was your neighborhood like then, and and how are you feeling as as regards like how it is now? Um. So originally from Jeffrey Manor, so there was like a lot of stores in um, the neighborhood. Um, like now the Walgreens that was like on Ninety Fifth and Jeffrey is no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like a lot of just like small kind of like businesses that's like you already know that it's not gonna last in terms of like uh, a lot of the small businesses um, a lot of small businesses in the neighborhoods usually like fell very um, early on so like a lot of things have definitely changed like the stuff that I used to do growing up is no longer there and now I currently reside in South Shore so there's a lot of changes it seems like improvements but it's changes that's definitely not like positive changes for like the future of the neighborhood in Jackson Park uh, a little bit is changing like they're building like that Obama Center there now so like that whole like park or uh, and as well as like a track and field like that whole thing is being torn apart now um, but I'm also seeing like a high park go from you know where it was about like literally like 10 years ago um, to uh, where it is now with like the Whole Foods and whatnot like I sound like an old head, but like <laughs> like ten years ago, like it it was completely different. Like the Whole Foods wasn't there. There was like a good parking lot there. It was a Hollywood Video. It was a Blockbuster, like down the street from that as well. And that's 
kind of all changing. Um, I think growing up, I do remember there being, um, I mean, there's still like the corner stores and whatnot, you know, you have your like small gyms in the neighborhood, but for the most part, like a lot of that's either going out of business, as you mentioned, or like getting torn down to, you know, kind of replace, um, just replace the stuff that was there, you know, you know, occupied a space that was being taken up at one point, so, mm. yeah. I've only been in Uptown since like 20, Oh my gosh, 20, uh, 2018. Um, but I do recognize, like, um, I used to live off the Wilson and um, Broadway intersection, mm -hmm. and there was a family dollar that I shopped there, like, my life depended on it. Um, and then one day, they just, like, shut it down. There used to be, like, a, a Journeys, I think, next to it. They also shut that down, like, suddenly, and they replaced it with, like, just these, like, upscale... Uh, like brunch places I guess or like these buildings that are for like people running for office or something um they're just like replacing all the stores that like I even I got used to in my short time there um so that's something that I recognize like when I hear locals from the neighborhood they're just like they are changing you know even this spot mm -hmm. like it's changing like right before our eyes like so I don't know I just I don't know I feel like I'm in the midst uh well I moved from there now so I don't know what's going on there anymore but um even when I walk past there, it's like, it's still changing, even though I've lived in my new place for like less than a year and already there's like three new buildings and all that kind of stuff. So it's very interesting to see how fast they move. Right. Um, no, I hear you on that. And I feel like, um, like a lot of you guys mentioned, like a lot of small businesses that, you know, it's like you remember like a certain intersection and you're like, oh, that little corner store that used to be owned by this. And then out of nowhere, it's like, boom, like luxury apartments, and like you know what i'm saying like coffee shops and like six dollar coffee and you know what i'm saying so and, and i think that you know growing up and seeing that change so like not even growing up i feel like we're we're pretty young we're all young folks right. you know what i'm saying i hear you all. right like yeah I'm, I'm 25 myself so like right two years ago i was 15 but still you see so much change in between now and then that's like mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah it's really really crazy um, i went to school in new orleans for about four years so um me leaving the city and then coming back and seeing how much has changed you know it's that's that's scary <laughs> like, right it's kind of crazy yeah mm. even like going down home um since i've been like at, in and out of south carolina since 2015 because uh, i came up here to study at columbia um but when i would go down home like suddenly all of, like even my whole block that i grew up on like as a child completely like barren all the malls and stuff are like going out of business and like everywhere is just kind of like this desert wasteland but I know that the money is going somewhere. Like, for them to repair, um, there's some businesses that just can't open because there's, like, massive repairs or whatever that they mm -hmm. just can't afford, um, like, smaller local businesses. But you go a little bit further north, like, in Columbia, and suddenly, like, they're putting all their money towards, like, a college town for all the college students to, like, take over the city, I guess, or something. Um, and, again, all the high-rise apartments. I've never... South Carolina is just flat. <laughs> like, there's mm -hmm. no... We don't have, like, tall buildings and stuff down there. So it's very weird to see, even when I fly down home, how different things have changed, even from, like, my childhood. It's very kind of scary. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's, like, exactly what's happening and is happening in High Park. It's literally... The university is pretty much buying up everything. Mm -hmm. Most of the, like, if you go and try to find, like, an apartment in High Park, it's literally just university. Oh, here's a studio apartment. Mm -hmm. Or it's, like... Oh, here's a shared apartment, or it's like there's bunk beds in the um in the picture. I was like, this, mm -mm. like, and then most of the apartments in High Park is very very old, yeah. too, very dated. Um, so it's like the the rent in High Park is 
astronomical right now but it's that's exactly like what's happening Hyde Park is pretty much a college little mm -hmm. city mm -hmm. in in the south side so yeah yeah and how has like that affected you guys you know seeing like I feel like you know you know when you grow up and you see the stores that like at the time you're like okay the blockbuster i know like our family goes to blockbuster we know the corner store you know we frequent that and then you see the big drastic changes and and you realize like damn okay this isn't necessarily for my parents anymore this isn't like for me and the people who grew up here anymore so like you know how you know how does that feel just seeing the changes and 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 knowing that you know that they're being catered for a different you know group of people you know like how our grandparents always will be like this used to be that mm -hmm. and this used to be that and it's like they've experienced the same exact thing that we're experiencing now and it, it it makes you feel older like we're so young it makes you feel older because mm -hmm. we've went through so many drastic changes i feel like our generation experienced so much in such a little time like we experienced 9 11 a recession uh, getting our first black president like we experienced like so many different things at once mm -hmm. and it's like hold on like can we like can we slow down like it's it's just overwhelming and then when you see all these changes happening it's like you just it's like our childhood is fleeting so fast mm -hmm. away from us and that's how it feels I definitely do think that um, me personally I feel like it gives me a little bit um, it empowers me a little bit. Um, I think mm -hmm. that I see the changes that are happening in communities and it gives me a little bit of a sense to be like, like I said, I left and came back. So me seeing that, I'm recognizing, okay, something needs to be done in some way, shape, or form um, because if not necessarily the buying back the block literally, then mm -hmm. investing in the, in the spaces that are there now to be able to change those for the people who were my age 10 years ago who were younger than that now, you know. Um, and... Um, Give them quality, you know, so that even even though the spaces, because I mean, I don't have the funds currently to buy buy back the block, but obviously okay. has to go, you know. But until that comes, like, it gives me a, a, an idea to be like, let me give people a sense of like what um, what can be done in these spaces. How to, I guess, own these spaces in a different sense. How to, mm -hmm. you know, um, give life to these these spaces that that it's, I'm not gonna say in some places it's lost, some places it's enhanced, some it's just manipulated and changed. But mm -hmm. how to still give it the, the authenticity of the people who. Um, grew up in these spaces. Right. I feel like I personally oh, feel like an old head at any moment. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm, and especially like like right now, like um, you know, we're close to like West Town, and this is an area where that I grew up, and like I went to high school in, and so I feel like I'm I'm constantly I feel like I can't enjoy things anymore. <laughs> like you know, like like sometimes I'll be walking around and be like, uh, you know, I just like it, it's almost like a sense of like. I don't want to say I'm bitter, you know what I'm saying? But I definitely have, like, a sense of, like, walking around and just be like, man, this used to be this, this used to be that. Or I remember when, you know? And so, like, how do you feel like that personally, um, you know, like, like for, like, for me, for example, whenever I walk somewhere, like, I'm always like, oh, this part was so important for me. And, like, maybe to other people it didn't seem like anything, and that's why people can, like, take over a space and, like, build luxury condos because, like, it didn't have a, a special meaning to, like, certain people. But, like... What are some spaces that for you guys um, in your you know neighborhoods that were like very special to you for whatever reason? I know uh, where I live now. Like again, I think the Family Dollar was the backbone of my life <laughs> for like two years because um, it's Family Dollar. Any dollar store, to be honest, I'm like I hold on to. Also, <laughs> hair stores are like mm -hmm. super important for me. And I don't know. Every day I like walk down because it's like off Broadway. The hair stores I go to. 
and I just worry because I can see each um, local place that I frequent like you know being gone like the next week and I just worry about like losing those hair stores mm -hmm. for some reason because I'm like where will I get anything where will I get my products from like what's going on um, so that I don't know it kind of just like stresses me out because I'm just kind of like those are you know local owners of those like you know hair stores they've been there right. for years so it's like I don't know I'm just kind of like where are y'all going with this like mm -hmm. what is the the end goal of like you know reworking this whole area here um, and then like down home I feel like this isn't like a super important thing but there used to be like this place called Mr. Muffler and it used to be like down the street from my house and for some reason I don't know I found like a sense of belonging every time I passed it because I knew that I was home mm -hmm. um, he is Mr. Muffler is no longer with us mm -hmm. um, so every time I pass by there now I kind of just feel lost would you guys say that you're still I mean I know that we talked about like where we grew up um, are you guys still I know you said you moved out but are you guys still like you know in that same neighborhood or do you still feel like connected to the neighborhood even though you're not physically living there yeah um Mary Nook like that's pretty much like a huge kind of staple because it was like where I spent like most of my teenage years and everything um it's sometimes it'll be like even with my family like we just moved to South Shore again with my mom and them just moved back and I pretty much stayed there early on in my life as well when um, I was like a baby. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll still like sometimes like think we're going back over there, going home, like my mom will be driving. She's like, oh fuck. She was like, I forgot we don't live over here anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's so normal for us because we go grocery shopping over there. Um, like, like we'll pass up like most of the stores like that's near South Shore, like Dollar Tree, um, Popeye's. Like we'll literally like find our way back like along 87 um, in between Stony and Cottage. So we're always over there like doing most of our shopping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Uh, when I go down home, I kind of just feel a little bit detached. I think the situation is just different because I am like 14 hours away from home. Right. But I don't know. When I do go back home, sometimes I do because I, I have like a lot of family. Like my family is from, we reside in the South. So it's like I'll see like a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or something. Um, so I think the people who are still there help me feel connected. But the physical space itself, sometimes it's just like... Right. I don't know, it just changes. I do know that I, like, growing up, when I go down home now, I kind of look at the areas I grew up in, like, with a different lens, I guess, um, because I'm older. Like, as a kid, you're just, like, whatever. You don't think about, like, your surroundings like that. Right. But, like, when you're older, I don't know, I, f I feel like it's more beautiful, I guess, as an adult. Like, I think I took it for granted as a child. And, like, I found myself, like, homesick a lot of the time. Um, so, I don't know, yeah, the... I feel connected sometimes. It depends. But yeah. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say I feel connected um, to the neighborhoods, especially since I've been back home. Um, uh, I mentioned High Park. I really started like doing art around the High Park Art Center. Um, I've been connected with them since I was in high school. Um, and even when I came back home, I started uh, mentoring for some of the kids who were in the program, uh, or the programs that were that were there. So um, I definitely found myself connecting to. Because as a, as a teenager, you're like, you don't really pay attention to the stuff that is, ne is needed, like you were just mentioning. Like, you don't really pay attention to the stuff that's needed for a community when you're younger. But like, now that I'm older, I'm recognizing, okay, that these communities, like I said, once again, just need these, these tools in different ways. So um, for them specifically, and I was just talking to uh, other people just now about like how I can be able to do a little bit more and, and 
um, kind of involved myself because, I, like I said, I've spent my whole life at the YMCA, so it's like mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking of doing something where I can partner with them, essentially, not necessarily work there or anything, but, right. like, you know, just see if there's any initiatives that can be started there or something like that. And uh, tie back into the Art Center as well, just because I know that, like, I promote artists as a, as a form of therapy. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I definitely recognize that it kind of starts there, um, looking at more spaces like that. Uh, it's, it's kind of the goal for me personally, but uh, for community specifically, I just want to keep saying the Hyper Art Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're really good and also have uh, taught me a really good um, thing about community and knowing that, you know, um, it's good to be able to reach out to people uh, in order to, you know, develop a good sense of community and, and networking. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are all feeling still like a deep connection to the neighborhood in, in some way. And it sounds like it really is a people you know what I'm saying, that kind of, like, ground you back into that space, and I think, like, personally for me, like, what worries me a lot about, like, you know, as someone who's, like, moved a lot, right, and, um, and part of it also, you know, like, a big part is also, like, gentrification's effect on, like, you know what I'm saying, like, where you can live, and, you know, when I, um, when, like, I was first born, like, we, we were, um, really close to the Lanthrop homes, and, you know, this is obviously, like, 26 years ago and so that was a very different um different area than like what it is now and so like if my family were to want to live there again like that's just like a no (laughs) like it's just like not a possibility right and and I think that what's difficult about that is that a lot of times like look it sounds like you guys still have like a few connections to ground you um but I think it's also what we're seeing now is that there's so much change happening so quickly that even like those connections right like being able to like afford like where you grew up is just not possible and and it feels like in the city is like man like nowhere safe you know what i'm saying like there are areas that you know no one wanted to go to back in the days like you weren't allowed to go there you know and and now people are like oh up and coming like i love this neighborhood you know like and you know so i'm just wondering like how has you know seeing these changes like affected you know you in the sense of like do you personally know people who've you know been displaced um you know due to like rents you know rising and and stuff like that and and yeah just what's your connection to that well i'll honestly say like um right now in south shore like a lot of the property is being like oh being bought pretty much up especially because i do know like south shore like a lot of the property owners and business owners they're in debt Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's easier for people to just buy up, like, oh, I'll just buy this from you. And kind of like, it's like a relief or something mm-hmm. to just, like, get the debt off. Um, and a lot of a lot of people are being moved out because of the change in ownership. So they raised the rent, and a lot of people can no longer stay. So there's, like, always a moving truck um, mm-hmm. in South Shore. Um, like so many different like courtyard buildings are being bought up uh, like a lot of people in neighborhoods like uh, oh, pretty much half my building is gone because they can no longer mm-hmm. afford the rent and it's like where where do they go because like we're we've been in the process of moving like this entire year and it's so difficult like finding a, a place to go and it's just like you're being discriminated against like they say oh you can't discriminate but it's definitely a discrimination thing of like oh you we don't want to rent to these specific people because we're trying to move them out uh because like what lawn like 
all these new plots of land and they're building and oh we're trying to meet a quota for like oh because they still have to make affordable housing by law but mm. i think that is like probably um they'll have to like renew that i believe like to renew the, to see if they are going to keep affordable housing and how many like how many properties or how many apartments needs to be meet the quota mm -hmm. so they're just trying to meet quota i'm like okay black um low income so it's like very like difficult just trying to find a place and then like they're not always being honest it's like a money grab yeah. in a sense and also it's like they're not really trying to give up the apartments because airbnb is such a big thing right. um most of the apartments in these luxury buildings are airbnbs nobody is renting them mm -hmm. who has the money the government doesn't even have money i'm glad you brought that up too because i think we miss that part so much of talking about displacement and gentrification is like yeah we're, we're also talking about like older folks too you know what i'm saying that grew up in the city yep. saw the city change go through all these different waves of, of change lived through the difficult parts of that neighborhood and now can't be there for like the thriving parts of that neighborhood and mm -hmm. and, and it feels like it's not for them either right because if it was for them then they'd be able for them to afford to live where they grew up um, and and also in regards to like the like i think about like you know like all these like when people like buy up these um lots and build like luxury condos and and yes they have like a, a quota to meet about like affordable housing but you know that they don't even technically really have to abide by that because yeah. like buildings can get away with um with with not having like that it's like a 20 percent or 10 percent yeah so it's like we're talking about like a unit right of thousands say thousands of units or say a hundred units right uh on a building that maybe that you that building used to be like two houses right that had maybe like like you know three you know maybe like two families lived on, on each of those buildings now there's a hundred units and out of those 100 units maybe 10 percent of them are affordable which brings me to question like what's affordable too right like yeah like well you know because like what's affordable to you but if it's affordable to me and then to top that off a lot of these buildings that have money can actually pay off so that they don't have to have that quota and they'll and instead they they give money to like this fund that's supposed to go back to the community but again like where is this money coming from going or going you know yeah. and and so yeah like i just you know wanted to see like what do you guys feel about that um i think it's interesting in chicago but like i also mentioned i went to school in new orleans for a few years and chicago is very progressive although we do have like a lot of um a lot of different things going on in the city i, I i'll say um places in the south are a little bit slower new orleans is being one of those places and um recognizing how much, like when I went down there, I recognized how much Katrina really affected the city and how much the city is kind of like recovering from that, you know, in the way that uh, they are, that was a literal like large displacement of several families, several um, people who were young at the time and are now, you know, my age as well and, and seeing where they are now versus, uh, as you mentioned as well, like people who were, um, who have been in these neighborhoods for a long period of time, like, it's, it's sad because, I mean, Katrina specifically, like like I said, people who are around my age were probably like fourth, fifth grade at the time, even probably a little bit younger or older. Those, these are people who had to go to Houston and, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, surrounding cities and states that have to, that had no record of their their uh, schooling records or anything like that too. So they essentially starting over. Some people should be in fourth or fifth grade in there, um, in third grade or maybe, mm -hmm. you know, so there's a lot of long lasting implications of what that's what that does because now they're a little bit slower you know developmentally in school you know they're not able to um 
something not saying that that super stopped them, but it does stop you know uh, uh, have have a halting progression as well as um, now looking at Katrina like they're like I said I put recovery recovery uh, quotation marks because there's a lot of places in New Orleans that are being bought up now that are you know it's being it's it's a very big tourist city now you know and it's a beautiful city but it's like you being there for a while you notice the help that it needs like these cities are not they're not distant at all you know they're not they're not separate from each other we're going through pretty much the same thing like I said we're a little bit more progressive but we're still facing the exact same thing because we're the people who are immediately affected by these things so you know black and brown people have like a lot of us grew up with our family members like our grandparents our cousins like we have that kind of like community like this country doesn't you can't survive pretty much the way you want to mm -hmm. um like you have to disband yourself from the community it's kind of like oh it's me against the world or i came here by mm -hmm. myself i'm gonna die by myself yeah. blah 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 that's like the mindset that it that this country operates off of mm -hmm. and again based off of what you said like what's affordable there's no equity in what's affordable because affordable to who white people have a different right. affordability no matter if they're poor or what they have a lot of resources available to them um affordable to us is not the same because mm -hmm. even when you look at the average um yearly income from an average black or brown family it's not the same right. at all even in terms of like how you get paid it's not the same i would definitely say it's a community thing going back to the idea of community right like um in high park specifically like i remember in high school there wasn't as as large of a police presence but over the years as you mentioned like university of chicago like bless you university of chicago um bought up like the entirety of like 55th from like the lake all the way to wherever wherever they bought it up and um of course that means that they want to be able to you know protect their investment they invite more police presence there and then that takes over the entire high park which is not just filled with university kids is also filled with high school kids you have not just kenwood which i went to school at um you have uh, Murray, which is an elementary school over there. You have Ray, which is around the corner in Kona. Like, you have a lot of different children, <laughs> you know, teenagers who are in these neighborhoods. And when you add police, plus, plus some rowdy children, like, mm -hmm. something's bound to happen somewhere. And that was during the time where I was in school, which I can only imagine now is still probably just as bad, if not worse. Um, but that idea of community is where it gets reinstilled because in that community, you find the people who are able to make the change enough to, you know, uh, become lawmakers, become the people who need to be able to, you know, make the change. Even artists, even on the other side of the, the political spectrum, you know, being able to um, uh, create the things that need to be seen so we can make, you know, proper change and whatnot. But it boils down to community. It boils down to pe people being able to have a hand in the communities that they um, affect and are involved in, whether they, you know, come from other places and come to Chicago or go from Chicago to other places. Like, it's very important for us to just know what um, different things we can tackle. This is, I think, loosely related to it, but I think uh, when you talked about, I guess, like the, I guess, state of housing, how like some things are seen as like, basically what things should be like the bare minimum in like an apartment building or like wherever, and they're usually like, like for instance, in unit washer and dryers, like most places do not have it, so you have to go to the local laundromat, but if the laundromat is closed, where are people going to do their clothes, you know? Mm -hmm. That happened like at my old place. Um, I don't know, I just feel like, I'm sure there's like some sort of cause out there where just bare minimum things like having access to being able to do your clothes in the building that you pay rent for or I don't know all these other things that are at like 
I've seen it when I was applying for apartments where someone, one apartment building that said that they had like the, the quota where they're like accessible housing or whatever, they said like, oh yeah, like, um, I think they said like blinds were optional. So you just don't have blinds in your apartment. I was like, why would I have to, why do I have to pay for that? Yeah. You know, like very tiny stuff. I just feel like, I don't know, I'm very interested to see how we can like level, I guess, the field of affordable housing. Um, Cause I feel like that plays a huge part in the gentrification like conversation and also just like displacement and homelessness like it's a whole everything that y'all said it's basically just this catch-22 domino effect thing happening where like everything impacts everything else so it's just mm -hmm. very like I'm interested to see um just like you said with like community definitely starts off with that like a lot again a lot of places are dated so a lot of people are living in like terrible conditions mold rats um yeah roaches and stuff like that and they all like just saying like oh like they don't pick up trash in a neighborhood they they litter all the time but what i've noticed um over like the year um especially like after last year and once i started my organization a lot of the trash that accumulates in most of our neighborhoods is not from people littering mm -hmm. it's from like the property owners not you know paying the trash for trash pickups mm -hmm. so a lot of neighbor like um my neighbors in South Shore, like a lot of their trash pickup, like last year they didn't have trash pickup for weeks. So I was like, so guess what? That leads up to rats. Mm -hmm. Like we, you put up posters about rats in the alleys, but you guys are paying for trash pickup. What are people paying rent for? Mm -hmm. um, so it's like a lot of um, like the condition and quality of your living that also is being affected due to gentrification like mm. you can die from mold you can die mm -hmm. from you know mice and stuff mm -hmm. like that like they carry diseases and bacteria so a lot of these things do play a huge factor because like you can go look at a place and there will be mold in the cracks in the bathroom look at like you look in the tub there's mold and it's mold on the ceiling that they probably painted over um and again that causes a lot of older people who live in these neighborhoods to actually get even more sicker mm -hmm. so a lot of like housing definitely plays a huge role into health as well like a lot of people can't survive in their you know conditions of their apartment and we live right on the lake so again like heating and all that stuff mm -hmm. and in the summertime the heat like mm -hmm. that stuff really plays a huge part like a lot of people are getting sick and dying because of the conditions of the apartments that they are forced mm -hmm. to live in you know I, I, first of all i just appreciate you guys so much for sharing your stories and and you know this topic is, is really difficult to talk about you know it's like i'm glad we're, we have a space to talk about it but i think it definitely affects us all um and it has affected like our you know older generations as well um so closely and it's it's more than just like neighborhoods changing but it's really like our communities changing and and our home changing and um and also just us being displaced you know the bottom line is is that that these things you know all these changes are are for better for specific people but not necessarily for the people who who created those spaces right and who are they're special to and so i just want to thank you guys again um and just offer the space to save there's anything you want people to take away from this conversation and i know we we could talk about this I mean, for 18 seasons of Shitucks, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, this is ongoing, but, um, you know, just for to wrap up the conversation, like, is there anything that you want people to take away from today? Um, I would just say, um, for sure, just uh, make sure that you're finding some way to um, invest in your communities as best as you can. Um, 
find something that you're really, really passionate about. It doesn't have to be something that you do for payment or something that you um, do to make a profit off of, but something that you're really passionate about that you want to see change. If you're tired of, like we mentioned a lot of things today, like if you're tired of like being late to work, that's a, a one thing that definitely does affect, <laughs> you know, um, uh, one, one thing that we're talking about directly, like, you know, that construction is, is a reason for, you know, uh, people not being able to commute properly and uh, these things affect you whether you kind of know it or not. So find something that that, um, that you're really, really passionate about and um, look towards making that as a change. Look towards seeing how you can affect that, um, how you can speed up that process. You know. um, I think... I think personal, I guess, advice would be, I don't know, I was just thinking, like, learn about the community that you're living in um, from people who are actually from there. Uh, you know, talk to, like, the local people, the local, like, store owners and stuff like that. Really learn, like, what, if it did change drastically from what it used to be, like, what was it? Um, I don't know, I feel like history um, is, I don't think history is underrated, but, like, I don't know, I think when people are talking about the conversation around gentrification, people are like, it's just a place, you know, it's just a building. And it's like, no, like, this had a huge impact. Like you said, some of these places were necessary for the community to survive. So I think maybe just learning about what was necessary and, like, how um, these changes are impacting, like, you know, taking away these necessary things for the community to thrive. So, yeah. Um, me, I'll say, like, something I want people to take away from this entire discourse is, like, pretty much don't think just because like you feel like you're in a better position and than other people based off like where you live that it like it, you're exempt from it happening to you like mm -hmm. it can happen to anyone like your building can get bought at any moment and someone you know someone can raise the rent on you um like it's it's we're all in the same boat I just want us to like just think about that and just realize that we're all in this together we all have the same enemy that you know that is coming for all of us no matter your tax bracket or what like mm -hmm. it's it's happening um and just to you know come in t into more community like again like I know community is something that we really like are getting back into uh since last year and I want us to keep building onto that community so you know we can always lean on to each other to help and support people say that my city is beautiful I can certainly say not to me when I look at the skyline, I don't see hope, cause it look like hatred to me. Windy city with a gradient theme, everybody's segregated with ease in the country. Our ancestors slaves create for no reparations, all for a life they can take in a blink now. That's the sound of a man on the ground with a knee on his neck and his breath running out. 846 to the flatline hit, everybody standing around but they ain't said, wait. That's the sound of no justice, no peace, sound of civil unrest, run amok in the streets, sound of people who fight for their lives. Sounds like a social reform on the rise, it put the world in unison. Simultaneously cause some divide Between those who want justice for all inequality And the politicians looking on from the other side That misunderstood our actions, our passionate tactics Is how we can say that a phoenix will rise from the ashes We're sick and tired of dying this way